Welcome to the Inventory Nation podcast, a show designed to bring you the incredible voices and stories of veterinary professionals coast to coast, all while helping you to manage and control your inventory. I'm your host, Nicole Clausen, coach, advisor, and champion for veterinary teams and their inventory. Joining you live from the mountains of Montana, welcome to the show. Hello, welcome back to the Inventory Nation podcast. I am so excited you're here. Thank you so much for tuning in. So fun to kick off another episode with you. Thank you for tuning in, whether you're a first time or a longtime listener. Ah, It's just so fun to do these podcast episodes. So today I wanted to talk about a very hot topic, and that is what to do when your doctors want all of the options. You know what I mean? They want to have all the things they want to all right now. And they feel, and it feels like they want you to like make the back order in your bathtub. So that's what we're going to talk about today. First off, quick note, um, the nominations for the inventory manager of the year award closes on Wednesday the 21st or the 21st whatever day that is so make sure you get your nominations in self-nominations are encouraged they're welcomed um and honestly it has just been so I love reading the nominations it just is like it just like fills my heart with so much joy and so much pride that I have like the huge honor of knowing so many amazing, really cool, really talented people. So please nominate yourself. I encourage you to do so. Celebrate yourself because I know sometimes that can be hard. So also um, in the month of July, I've been planning out some content. Um, I have we're going to have a webinar workshop all about keeping your practice management system accurate. And I have some extra secret surprises. Hint, I'm going to be talking about COGS and how to lower them. So that's what's happening in July. So um, let's go ahead and jump right into the episode. So I think sometimes it can just be kind of like a, oh my gosh, what do I do in this situation when a doctor or doctors want all of the different options? So let's talk about it. So in this situation, I always like to remind myself that they're coming usually from a good place, you know, because ultimately they care. They want their patients to have everything that they need. They want to have all the options for clients. So I always like to remind myself of the fact is that it's usually coming from a place because they have, they just care so much. But there also is, you know, um, sometimes I find that kind of a scarcity mindset is involved and it is a real thing. Now, if you haven't heard of a scarcity mindset, um, the it's kind of like a feeling of not having enough. And it's typically to the point where it's kind of either consuming, obsessive, or it kind of goes to the next level. So it's just this really pervasive feeling of not having enough. And this can be money, it can be time, it can be, you know, there's a lot of different things that you can have this scarcity mindset around. 
And of course, it once was an evolutionary advantage, but a lot of times in this current situation, it doesn't fit as well. And so, you know, the challenge or the difficulty with a scarcity mindset is that it really orients the mind automatically and powerfully towards unfilled needs. So we really start to hone in and focus on what we don't have rather than what we do have. And so this is just kind of a side note, but this is where a lot of times, you know, um, having a, um, a consistent practice of gratitude can be super helpful because, for example, let's say that we're just super focused that we don't have enough money to make ends meet, that can really kind of sometimes kind of spin the wheels in our brain because all we're focused on is that we don't have enough money. And so our brain just kind of orients to that. But sometimes if we take a step back and we're like, hey, I'm so grateful for the things that I have. I'm grateful that I have a job that I love. I'm so grateful that, you know, I was able to have lunch today or whatever that looks like for you. Sometimes it can kind of give our brain a break from that. So total side note there. So coming back a little bit. So as I said, kind of having this scarcity mindset really kind of orients our mind towards having unfulfilled needs. And so this is just kind of a question for you to think either for yourself or just to for those around you and thinking about does having a bazillion different options help you feel more in control and more safe in our day-to-day situation. And so just, you know, kind of something to think about there. And I'll share kind of an example with you. And I think a big one is back orders, especially when it's something that's super important for our patients. So, you know, I remember a couple years ago when dexamethasone SP went on back order and or it was about to go into back order or it was thought that it was going to go on back order and there were some practices that bought a ton of it so i had for example um you know i talked to this four doctor they were kind of like more like three doctor um small animal gp and they bought 12 bottles of dex sp and they barely, barely go through like a bottle a year, right? They probably go through, I don't know, maybe like half a bottle in two years, right? So they bought 12 full bottles. And for this particular practice, that was, you know, close to a 30-year supply for them. And so I think this is sometimes when our scarcity mindset can kind of um, our brains can lead us astray. And so this is all just to kind of give you a very gentle reminder that sometimes our brain can lead us astray, but the data can be very helpful and especially reminding us what um, we need or what we can have, if that makes sense, right? Because if when that back order happened, rather than being like, oh my gosh, I'm going to get all that I can, but thinking about, okay, how long do I expect this back order to last? Or 
you know, what would be an appropriate quantity for me to purchase during this time, right? For this practice, probably maybe an extra bottle, maybe two bottles even would have been perfectly um, fine and been plenty for them to use. So that's just kind of something to think about. Anyways, let's kind of come back thinking about you know, when a doctor wants to kind of have all the options. So I really think about two different scenarios. The first scenario is that you just have too many options on the shelf currently. The second kind of scenario is that you have doctor or doctors, plural, requesting a lot of different options. So depending on the scenario, kind of my thoughts or recommendations behind that is different. So let's go ahead and start with the first scenario. And that is, I'm so sorry, if you're hearing my dog, she is feeling like she needs to protect us against the wind or the rain or a squirrel or something. (laughs) Uh, Great Pyrenees problems, right? Okay, so if there are too many options on your shelf currently, um, really what I like to do is start with the facts and just do a little bit of research and a little bit of digging before you kind of bring this and present this to your practice owner, the doctors, the management team, whatever this looks like. So in the Certified Veterinary Inventory Professional Program, I teach a conversation framework that really kind of helps tee you up for these difficult conversations. So if you're a current student, this is the MRIP framework that I teach inside the Timberwolf, um, the Teamwork Timberwolf Pillar. I think the lesson is called Conversation Framework for Difficult Conversations, I believe. Um, if feel free to message me and I can tag you in the lesson um, if you want to watch that. Um, But really kind of what I recommend is just kind of uncover the facts. So how much of this product, like let's say a good example is always flea and tick prevention, right? Is thinking about how much do you actually sell of each brand and each size. So then thinking about what are the impacts of having lots of different options? What are the pros? What are the cons? And so in this scenario, usually I like to pay attention to our teeny tiny size, right? It's usually like four to nine pounds or our big guy size. And, you know, typically that's usually like 88 to 132 or, you know, kind of our... (laughs) Our, our hefty guys, guys. Um, so, or gal. Um, so for these, thinking about, okay, let's say, for example, you have five different types of flea and tick products, and let's look at our four to nine pound size, and you have to buy them in a sleeve of 60 doses, let's just say. And so if we're thinking about, okay, I want to have optimal turnover. I want to use this product or sell this product before I ever have to pay for it. That means 60, we would need to sell 60 doses within 25 to 30 days if you're on statement billing. Think about for your practice, how many doses packs are you selling of that four to nine pound size that's 60 doses within a month of just one kind so imagine if you had five different kinds 
of that teeny tiny size, you're looking at probably close to, if we think that each sleeve has 60 doses times five kinds, that's 300 doses that you need to sell in a month um, just to kind of maintain that turnover. And, you know, likely, I'm sure there are practices that could sell that much and do sell that much, but likely your practice, 300 doses would last much longer than a month period. And so that's kind of thinking through what do I use in an average time period? How long is this sitting on the shelf? Because if we think about it and if we have these products that are just not moving and they're kind of sitting on the shelf, you can imagine they're kind of like dollars that are frozen inside of a block of ice and they're just kind of sitting on the shelf and we can't do anything with those dollars because they are frozen on the shelf. And so when those dollars are frozen on the shelf, that means it's impacting our cash flow and we are are not having as much available for new equipment, new supplies, new raises, new team members. Like, you know, I think the possibilities for these things, you know, are kind of endless. So thinking about, okay, if I have a lot of different options, how is my practice currently being impacted? And you know, thinking through what are your suggested paths moving forward, right? Do you want to discontinue some? Are there some that you'd like to pare down? Do you think some would be better moved to the online pharmacy? Um, You know, do you think that all of the doctors should kind of have one main recommendation for flea and tick and maybe a secondary or um, kind of a backup or alternative recommendation? Um, so just thinking through what that looks like for you. And then I kind of like to gather all this information and kind of present it because I think sometimes, um, especially our associate veterinarians, if they have not, um, you know, they don't quite know the business side of things, right? Because they aren't taught that in vet school. And so sometimes, um, maybe that understanding isn't there sometimes. And so helping them kind of to realize and understand the impact of, okay, hey, I wish that we could have every kind of product, but unfortunately, here is why we can't. Here's the implications. Here's why this matters. Um, so I kind of find that to be helpful. Um, and especially, so this is another lesson actually that I teach in the CVIP program is about just kind of the different personality types and kind of what information that they need or kind of how they like to make decisions. And so, um, you know, you may have heard of this um, kind of before, but you have kind of different colors, if you will, for different personality types. So green is often analytical where they need a lot of information. They need a lot of time and space to process. They're kind of our processors and need a lot of information. So if you have, let's say that you have an associate veterinarian who's an analytical personality type and they need a lot of information and time and space to process. And they're kind of Maybe we're like, hey, we need to discontinue one of these right now. Which one do you want to do? Let's have this conversation right away. That make might make them kind of freeze up and go, wait a second. I, you know, I don't know what to do here. I need to think about it. And so then it just becomes kind of a more challenging 
you know, um, I don't necessarily, maybe challenging is not the right word, but you know what I mean. It doesn't flow well. But if we can kind of understand what they need, what's helpful for them, we bring that information to them. And it's like, hey, here's the options. Here's what I uncovered. Here's our sales data. Here is what we're selling. Here's what we're not selling. Here's the impact that's having. Here's the amount of money that's tied up in cash flow. Let's say for your practice owner, like you're bringing this to your practice owner and they're an analytical personality. You've just given them a ton of information for them to feel comfortable about weighing the different options, looking at different things, and it allows it to go much more quickly. Um, so kind of <laughs> total side note there that this was <laughs> I did not include this in my bullets when I was writing out what I was going to talk about, but there you have it. <laughs> um, so anyways, to kind of summarize, when there are just a lot of different options, think about how much are you selling of each one? What is your suggested path going forward? What are the impacts of having lots of options? And then bringing this to your practice owner, your management team, um, your doctors, whatever kind of that structure and culture that you have set up in your practice um, can be super helpful. So then if you have um, doctors, a doctor or doctors requesting a lot of different options, I highly, highly recommend having some sort of um, request form or some kind of process and procedure for adding new items to your practice, right? Because if we're adding a new item, we also likely want to take something away or think about how this fits into our current sales structure or formulary structure. Because if we don't have that process or a system for adding new products, we could get to the place where we're adding new products and all of a sudden our our formulary and our pharmacy, we have way more SKUs or products than what we'd like to. So that's kind of where that um kind of request form or process can be super helpful. And I also recommend, um, you know, especially if you feel like you're kind of getting cornered or um, asked often, um, is to set boundaries for yourself. And, you know, because I remember, um, you know, when I was in working in practice and I had this doctor who would like, you know, I would be like up at the front desk with clients or, you know, and they'd come up and they'd like bombard me with a bunch of questions about wanting to add a new product and they wanted it right now. And I, you know, at the time I didn't feel comfortable um, setting those boundaries and it just made, it made me really uncomfortable. Um And so kind of like as I learned and as I kind of learned about boundaries and all that, um, I started to set them where I was like, hey, you have to fill out this new item request form or, you know, I'm with the client right now. I'm at the front desk. This isn't my inventory time. Can we talk about it, you know, on such and such date? Um, You're more than welcome to fill out this request form. We'll review it later. Um, And just setting those boundaries to, you know, of when and how it's kind of an appropriate time for that conversation. So with the request form, I find it's really helpful because, you know, they write out what the product is, why they want to carry it, if it's better, um, 
if it's going to replace something that's currently on the shelf, just kind of helps them get through. And then you have that written request form where you can take that to your practice owner, you can take it to your management team, and they kind of ultimately make the final call for that product. Um, and so then if you have somebody who's like, hey, what about this? Hey, what about this? Hey, can we add this? You know, et cetera, et cetera. Then you can just say, okay, fill out your request form and then the practice owner will review it or something like that. So it kind of um, removes you a little bit and kind of um, puts a little bit of separation and boundary there because I know it can be uncomfortable, right? When people are like, hey, <laughs> um, are you <laughs> like, hey, what's happening here? Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> Um, so that's just, um, kind of my thought. And so on that new item request form, you can have the product information, et cetera. Um, you know, as much or as little information as you need. Um, I have, um, you know, I've talked with a few folks over the years, um, who, if they have a doctor who requests an item, they need to kind of like have a plan of how they're going to sell it or who they're going to recommend it to. Um, and then if the product expires, it's no longer able to be reordered unless it's, of course, like an emergency medication or something for critical patients, which I think is kind of a different scenario. Um, but if the product expires, they're not able to order it again. Um, so having some kind of plan in place for that. And that's also why I think having, you know, standard operating procedures or systems or processes documented is super helpful, right? Because somebody can, um, you know, if somebody's coming to you, they're asking, they're like, hey, I want this new product, then you have this written process that you follow every time. And you're like, okay, I need you to fill out this request form. We're going to review it at the next, um, inventory meeting or manager's meeting, which is on such and such date. And, you know, we'll let you know of, you know, the path forward this way. And then you can kind of have that documented so that if then the product is approved or denied, you know what happens next. So I just feel like that's super helpful to make sure that everyone is on the same page. And, um, you know, you aren't constantly bombarded with, hey, can we get this? Hey, what about this? Hey, is this on order yet? You know, <laughs> I feel like sometimes as an inventory manager, your name gets worn out very quickly. You're like, okay, okay. <laughs> you know, and you can even say if you have um, a doctor who is very let's just say passionate about the subject, you can say, hey, um, love to have this conversation with you, but it needs to be over Slack or email or digital communication if they are very, um, you know what I mean? <laughs> Hopefully you know what I mean. <laughs> um, can't quite think of the word, but so that's what I like to do if you have a doctor who wants all of the different options is kind of first to identify and remember, A, that they're coming from a caring place usually um, and thinking about, okay, are there kind of too many options already and I'm trying to pare things down or do I have somebody who is requesting a lot of options? And sometimes I'll get this question if, Sorry, kind of another little side note here. I have a um, get lots of questions about if a relief doctor is asking for a lot of products. Um, and that, of course, that has even more, you know, kind of 
thoughts to think through as far as is this kind of a one-time relief doctor or is this a long-term doctor um, you know that's routinely at our practice on a regular basis um, I remember there was one relief doctor and she requested Temeril P, um, which, you know, as you know, is very expensive. And she wanted the big bottle, the thousand count bottle. And, um, so I was like, you know, I was like, I cannot give you an answer right now. I'm going to need to have you fill out this request form and I'll talk with the doctors about it. And we ended up, um, kind of, um, and deciding that the hundred count was um okay. Um, but you know, the thousand count bottle is very expensive. Um, and so sometimes I um, you know, if we think, oh yeah, I'm gonna use a ton of this or I'm gonna sell a ton of it, and we might have the best of intentions, or our care team might have the best of intentions, but sometimes we need to see the data to kind of back that up first. So you can always kind of start smaller with a trial of something to see how it goes and then, you know, potentially order more later. Just kind of a side note there. Okay, so thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Um little bit of a squirrel brained episode. So <laughs> thank you for following along. Um, I appreciate you. Um, also, um, don't forget um, the Inventory Manager of the Year award nominations ends this week if you're listening when this episode came out. Um, also in July, have lots of fun things planned. Um, so keep watch for that. Um, I hope you have a wonderful rest of the day. I hope you have a great rest of your week. Do something to care for yourself this week. Um, if you have any questions about this or any episode, or you just want to pop in and say hi, feel free, send me an email, um, send me a message on social media. I love, love, love hearing from you. So thank y'all so much for listening. Have a great day and I'll see you in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Inventory Nation podcast and spending your time with me. I know your time is valuable and in short supply so it truly is an honor. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe or leave a review. Be sure to visit vetlogic.co slash podcast to access the show notes and discover additional links and resources. See you next time.